Glitch in the Matrix podcast. I am one of your hosts, Seth Slykaus, joined as always by the amazing Austin Aller. Glitch in the Matrix is the perfect way to describe that intro, Seth. Yeah, so How are you a, doing, buddy? I feel great. I feel great. I feel <laughs> real good about this episode. And <laughs> returning for the first time, like Mike Tyson in the 90s, the coach, Pal Newman. What's up, man? What's up, dude? Did you like my Mike Tyson reference? Yes, that was good. We're going to, you, you didn't come out of jail, though, is the thing. Prison. So, oh boy. Yeah. You didn't have a sketchy <laughs> pass. You just came back from the, from, you know, from your military thing. Right. Coach, it would comparing the two of them it doesn't sound good now, but like Yeah. You know, Mike Tyson was a big deal when he came back. It was. But you're going to have you're going to be more successful than 90s Mike Tyson. He didn't use so <laughs> the 90s. I'm not going to bite off anybody's ear. Yeah, yeah. You can bite off my ear if you want. All right. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> maybe both of them. <laughs> yeah, maybe both of them. <laughs> How you boys doing this week? Pretty good, Seth. It's been a while. Has Jor- it? I think so. When was the last time we were on a podcast together? I don't know. We talk all the time in, in, in Slack and whatnot. So I feel like That's it. true. Well, Co- like Coach it. hasn't been here since like May. So. For like six weeks. Yeah. So it's good to have Coach yeah. back. I'm glad to see yeah. Glad to see Coach here. Did you see, sure. have you seen the temperatures in Death Valley where we were at? No, they're Do up I to one thirty. They're up to one thirty. Oh my god! Yes, we left and it was about one eighteen to one twenty when we left. Man, god. yeah, that's awful. Did so things have, It's been pretty hot up north, right, Seth? Yeah, it's been real bad up here. But the the heat up here is different than the heat down there. Up here, it's humid heat. So it's really uncomfortable. Um, so like last week, it was like in the 90s, and it was just pure humidity. So as soon as you walk outside, it's like sticky. The air feels heavy. You know, it's it's, it's not fun. But I can't imagine 120 degrees of just pure dry desert heat just smacking you. So we oh. were sleeping. I was sleeping outside the whole time. And I remember when we moved to our last spot, it was kind of like a valley kind of i mean not like a valley like in your mind you would think but there was like hills surrounding us so there was no wind coming in and out so even at night it was just like you're just sweating yeah and there's no showers there's no showers no showers that's rough man yeah so it was it was very interesting and on my the day after the day after i turned 15 15 50 <laughs> that's when i uh got my hernia yeah so I, I i didn't want to come home because this was going to be like a, a it's a survivor-esque type of mission right where mm-hmm. it's it's tough and i wanted to to do it because um it's one of those things where in the in the army or yeah i guess even for marines like you want to say you know i survived ntc so they kept telling me okay you we're not going to send you home, which I was fine, but you can't lift anything, which is crap. I mean, like I was still lifting stuff, but I was careful. <laughs> so. Man. So is there, you were there for like weeks though, after the hernia happened, right? Like yeah, it like, was at least two or well, three weeks. Still, oh no, right? it was like, um, in all it was like four and a half weeks. Yeah. So that sucks. That's yeah. awful. Horrible timing. Terrible decision. Could make your hernia <laughs> way worse. <laughs> 
So, so like when when like they, I, I guess I'm taking a guess here. Maybe this didn't happen, but when you had to do like test firing or stuff like that, you just have one of your your buddies hold the gun for you and you pulled the trigger. <laughs> no, it wasn't that kind. Um, we're aviation, okay. so the only ones that were really shooting were the helicopters, the okay. Blackhawks and stuff like that. So we were just there supporting them. Okay. So, but it's that makes this, more sense. Yeah, it's this huge mission, like like over 100 square miles and you have brigades you have small units just thrown everywhere so it was it was interesting um and it wasn't my unit so i volunteered to help because two of my female soldiers wanted to make some money and i wasn't going to have them go there without me there right uh because i'm 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 a high enough rank where i could um make things happen or protect you know, so, um, so yeah, but out of all the crap, we got to fly home in a Blackhawk from Houston up to Dallas, Fort Worth. So nice. that was really cool. That was really cool. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, Austin, how you been this week? Pretty good, Seth. Pretty good. It's been a somewhat relaxing week. I just work, you know, the, the usual, nothing too crazy. And, um, this weekend I had off, so we had a good relaxing day at the pool Saturday, which was fun. And um, spent some time playing Miles Morales. Played through that, beat that. What do you think about Miles Morales? Well, Seth, I'll have you know that I loved Miles Morales. Yeah? <laughs> I loved Miles Morales. I, I, I think it's better than the original, actually. Why is that? I don't know. I just really like the, the way the characters were portrayed in that game. And I, I really like the pacing, too. There was something about, as much as I loved spider-man ps4 there was something about the pacing where at some point towards the middle it just kind of dipped for me and as much as i love that game i think it was a little too long potentially it was like a good 20 hours which i could have gone for something a little shorter and, and miles kind of fulfilled that for me um i definitely think like the 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 villains in the game were not necessarily anything like super compelling but i don't know if that was the point of the story i'm not really sure though well, see, that was my biggest problem with it was it didn't have the emotional impact for me that the first game did because I didn't find the villain compelling in Miles Morales, mainly because there's the whole relationship between Miles and the villain, but they don't really give you enough to make it seem emotional for me, if that makes sense. I haven't it, played it yet, but is... uh. Is it similar to the cartoon, the movie? Is it the same villain as the villain in the... No. No. Okay. no. So it's not his uncle? No. No. Okay. This is a completely new... Um, well, it's not a new villain, but it's a new take on the villain for Miles Morales. And I, th there was, there's a backstory between Miles and the villain, almost so sort of like the same type of thing with Miles and his uncle. Um, but I didn't, I, I didn't find that kind of believable is the right word or emotionally well, I, like driving i guess yeah. um I, the thing is i like their relationship like i i thought the the interactions between them were good i just didn't think and again maybe it wasn't the point maybe she wasn't supposed to be like super villainous maybe that's what they were going for they're maybe trying to go for something a little close to home and i get that um so I liked it, but I will say, I mean, I, I think you're right. Like uh, emotionally, like there wasn't 
I mean, I guess this is a, a slight spoiler. I'm not going to say who said this in the, the first game, but there wasn't that you knew moment like mm-hmm. at the end of Spider-Man PS4. There wasn't that kind of moment to it. And um, that I, I, made I'll me agree with actually you cry. Like when when he said that at the end of Spider-Man, I was like, oh, God, that was I, I that was yeah. one of the only games that's ever made me like tear up while I was playing it. Amazing ending of that game. Maybe one of the best yes. endings I've ever had in, in a video game. Um, yeah. Which I, I thought was the opposite of Miles Morales. Which yeah. I thought was actually a pretty weak ending. Especially like the very ending. Yeah. Which it's, it's so hard to talk about without spoiling it. Because Miles makes like a, a horrific mistake at the end of that game. Um, I mean, as he should if you think about it. He's a kid, right? Uh, yeah. He is a kid. But this is something that like... Yeah other superheroes know not to do but whatever home of i will say i will say it was very disappointed by the the post-credit scene it was like a repeat of the the post-credit scene in the last game i was very very disappointed with that i don't even remember what it was yeah it it was just basically the same thing as it that was in the spider-man ps4 just from like a different angle and like with a few more lines it wasn't really anything of note i, I was will... really hoping for a little more there than that but I will say, I, I, I think, I don't think my opinion on the game is relevant because of when I played it. I started playing through that game. I got about halfway through it, and I was playing that the night I got the call that about my mom dying. And then I came back to it while I was still in shock and finished it. It's so like, I don't even, I don't even remember most of the second half of that game, I'd say. Yeah. So I remember, like, like bits and pieces of it, but yeah. like that, that that whole section is like worked on mine. I do remember beating it and being like, "Well, it was fine. It, it right. seemed fine to me." So, well, I mean, I had a similar experience years ago with The Last of Us because I played that game. I think about a month after my house fire situation, and as I've publicly said many times, I'm not really a big fan of that game. It's okay. But I, I think I that was partially fueled by it. Uh, it was partially fueled by that for me. Was like just the mood I was in. So I'm glad you um, say that because I feel like I'm the only yeah. person that doesn't think The Last of Us is like this mind blowing experience. I, I just played it and I was like, this is just like Dark Uncharted. No, That's it's kind of how I felt about it. It's I mean, it's not a bad game at all. I still think it's no. a good game. I just don't think it's like I, I, I think Uncharted is leaps and bounds better better so than, do I. than Last of Us. And I haven't played Last of Us Part Two yet, and I don't know if I will. But um, Coach, have you played uh, The Last of Us? No, not all the way through, which I I do need to. Um, yeah, I've just come to the conclusion that I just don't think, which is weird because they're so highly regarded. I don't think I'm the biggest Naughty Dog fan. I really liked Uncharted Two, but that was like the only game of the series in that that Naughty Dog's made recently that I'm a huge fan of. Uncharted Three, I thought was good, but I thought it was like just uncharted 2 but rehashed and then i didn't like uncharted 4 that much i thought it just was a little long in the tooth last of us i was like fine with sort of like you are and i didn't play last of us too because i just yeah wasn't yeah feeling so where do you think they go from here i mean because they started with the whole platforming on the ps1 and then they went to the the cartoony adventure with jack and daxter and then Mm -hmm. PS3 was uh, PS3 was Uncharted, and then PS4 was The Last of Us Remastered, and then The Last of Us Two. So where do they go now 
with, and I know there was that they're going to remake the last of us, the original one. Yeah. They're going to remake the first one, which it, it seems insane to it's me. Ridiculous. Right. Yeah. yeah. But apparently well, they were going to have the studio that did, um, they were going to have Ben do it originally. Right. And then yeah. Naughty Dog, which is like, Hey, we want this. And Sony gives apparently Naughty Dog, whatever they want. So they just yeah. looked up. I don't know what they're doing with the last of us. And honestly, they're, the next move is probably going to be either the Last of Us remake for the, the TV show or Last of Us three, and then I think Uncharted five comes after that as a reboot. Well, I know they they are working on that. Supposedly, it's called Last of Us Factions, that like multiplayer oh, yeah. spinoff thing. But and I, I mean, I will admit that the multiplayer in Last of Us was really good. It reminded me a lot of old school SOCOM, kind of like tactical, kind of third person gameplay, and I, I did really like that. Um. My concern is, though, that they're just going to milk The Last of Us now. And if that's what they're going to do, I'm out. Like, I just I mean, I was already out after one. I just didn't care to play two. Not yeah, because I'm of, not because of any of the controversy. I just don't really. I don't know. I, I don't really have an interest in continuing that franchise personally, but I know people love it. So, well, they could do like Ubisoft and take, uh, you know, how Ubisoft is taking um, Assassin's Creed and making it a. The live service. Yeah, a live service. Which yeah. Dude, Ubisoft is just a trend chaser, is what I've yeah. realized. Like <laughs> Ubisoft is the biggest model for how video game companies are run when it's just number number pushers that run a company. Because they're like, oh, these live interactive worlds are the big thing right now. Let's start making a video game for them. And that video game is going to come out way after this trend has been killed off, you know, and, and then this is what would always happens. Then we get three years of games that are all iterative of each other. And then the last ones that come out all lose money and they change it for the next one. Well, it's funny you say that too, because they did that exact thing with their, um, their battle Royale game. What was it called? Uh, um, Hyperscape. Was that what it was? Yeah. Something like that. I mean, that came out like years after Warzone and apex. I think it was like last, spring or something i don't even remember at this point but it just died because people are so set on apex and and Warzone that it was like just too late at that point and so no they're definitely just kind of like all right we see these games doing this let's try it out and see if we can make some money let's make, make assassin's, a quick buck assassin's creed is like they're just their clay that they just change shape whatever they need something to, to fill a spot it's crazy man because like they saw how these big open world RPGs were were gaining traction, right? So they turned Assassin's Creed into these this giant RPG series, which it never was before. But like it turned out all right. I mean, Odyssey was a great game. Which I heard one? Valhalla sucks though, Odyssey, and people liked Origins, yeah. but now they're like, all right, well that's not that's not the thing anymore. People didn't like Valhalla. Let's switch it. What's the current trend? All right, live live open worlds, which I'm still not really sure what that means. Everyone keeps talking about how Fortnite is like a live world. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I don't really know. They're like, oh, you know, Fortnite's world is like, they, they're constantly changing and adding things. And I'm like, okay, like, sure. I mean, that's Everything. fine, but it's like a multiplayer map. So, yeah. I, I mean, that might be the case, but I don't think that's necessarily the same as what we're talking about with Assassin's Creed, at least. But no, that's, that's funny you bring that up, Coach, because that was a pretty big news story this last week. I just saw that and I was like rolling my eyes. Yeah. 400 times backwards into my head <laughs> and yet they they can't put together a team to do um even a reboot of splinter cell yeah 
Let's talk about some of the other big news that happened this past week. Um, the one thing that I wanted to talk about was, and actually just rolls right into this, is uh, Final Fantasy fourteen, because the biggest WoW streamer of all time decided to hop over and play Final Fantasy fourteen because he hit a certain donation goal, and he's been loving it. But it came with a whole bunch of controversy because Final Fantasy fourteen is known to have this giant, like, wonderful community of people. It's not toxic at all. And then Asmongold came over and everyone was like worried about like Asmongold and his community of WoW players are super hardcore coming over. And Asmongold has these, cause he's so big. He has people that are constantly running around his character and like, you know, just hovering around him cause they're losers and don't have any, any life. So when he jumped into final fantasy 14, the same thing happened. But it was like way, way more obnoxious because these people were like all getting on mounts and whatnot. And we all just assumed at first it was just the same people, but they also played Final Fantasy 14 and wanted to do the same thing. It turns out, though, that it wasn't. It was actually a lot of Final Fantasy 14 players and mentors in the game, which is like the highest level of player in the game that were getting on their mounts and like overtaking his screen and whatnot so he couldn't do anything that was was sabotaging him basically yeah they were sabotaging him and it was a really really bad look for the community of final fantasy 14 which has a reputation and i agree is the best community in online games but is it really bad i mean they just probably didn't want the whole i I mean i don't know how toxic the wow community is it's super toxic. It's right. Incredibly so toxic. we all know that, or we've heard, because I never really played it, but like League League of Legends and all mm-hmm. that, all those toxic, right? That's where yeah. we first got it. And then also um, uh, like Smash Brothers and stuff like that. You have these toxic communities, right? So yeah. they were probably just like, you know what? No, we're, we're going to, this is us. You go do your thing. So I don't condone it, but I'm like, well, you well know, they're so- just... So Asmongold himself, though, isn't toxic. He's a really funny guy. He's a very, very entertaining streamer. And he just wanted to try the game out, right? He just wanted to play the game. And he's having fun, and he's been a huge proponent of the game. The game's done really well since then. It's getting a huge boost in numbers. And even it, it started overtaking World of Warcraft before he started streaming it. But since then, it's, it's, it's like exploded in popularity now. Final Fantasy XIV is massive. To the point where like all the servers are full and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's insane. But over time, World of Warcraft has gone down on a downhill slope for about the last 10 years. And since then, Final Fantasy fourteen has gone nothing but up, upward. And a lot of that is because of the crossover. People getting fed up with World of Warcraft, like me, jumping to Final Fantasy fourteen. There's actually a name for them called WoW Fugees, like refugees, but, you know, WoW. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so and like, there's, there's, this is a huge amount of players. And this is what I wanted to talk about with you guys. Something that's been on my mind lately, which is just like, this massive gatekeeping energy that's in what seems to be every form of nerd culture. And it's especially bad, I think, in video games and anime. Um, because if you like the wrong anime, like, like I don't even interact with the anime community online at all, ever. Because there's always, it's super, super toxic. If you say you like something and it's like a popular thing, people will jump on you. Like, for it's, I love Sword Art Online. I would never say that in like an anime forum, you know, because they jump all over you. Um, but 
yeah, that, that's this is kind of what I wanted to talk about is this this massive gatekeeping that constantly happens. It seems in like I don't Magic the Gathering has it, you know, all the time, um, and MMOs have it a lot. Like you can't say you want to join or, or start a new MMO a lot without people jumping down your throat, being like, "Oh, that that sucks. It's terrible." So, what do you guys think? Well, it, it seems like it seems like if you've been there for a while, you take ownership of it. Right. Right. So I think that has a a big play in it, but I don't know. I mean, like even before social media, there's been online message boards. So there's always been toxicity, you know, starting from the late nineties when, um, when we were able to talk about these things online, you know, or, you know, email, the, the email serves or whatever back then. But, um, I just think that's just, that's, that's a good one. This is a good topic because it doesn't matter which, uh, what you talk about, like Star Trek Trekkies, right? You have your, you have that group that feels that they are the, they're the ones, right? And, and, anything that goes against what they believe or feel, then you're wrong. And they'll, they'll put you on blast for it, you know? And if you go now into this day, there's just so much out there, you know, there's the whole, um, star Wars stuff going on. There's video game stuff. There's, there's anime, there's cosplay. There's all kinds of stuff where, you know, there's just some nasty people out there. Well, and I think too, I mean, I, I, I do not interact with the anime community whatsoever, but that's only because I don't really watch that much anime. I mean, I watch like My Hero and Attack on Titan. That's really it at this point. But um, I think the thing is, at least with video games, is because a lot of them are skill-based. You know, it's something that you acquire a skill for. I think there are a lot of people that, you know, for example, if you look at WoW, you have these people that have played thousands of hours and they look at somebody new trying to come into the community and they're like, well, you suck. And it's like, well, well, duh. I mean, you've played thousands of hours and this person is brand new. And so, I mean, in my experience, unfortunately, I didn't know about this. I, I, I knew that he had started streaming uh, Final Fantasy or I guess maybe he did it once. I don't know. Um, yeah, he's been doing it constantly. Every day he's been streaming. Okay. I didn't know that people were doing this. So this really saddens me because the community in Final Fantasy 14 is fantastic. Like it yeah. is so good. And the thing that's great about it, and I'll I'll say this too for Monster Hunter, but um, you get like those mentors. You you have those people that have played a bajillion hours of this game, and no matter you know if if you've played five minutes, and they see that you know you're doing something wrong, they don't like come up and berate you. They help you out and teach you how to get better and how to improve. And um, I mean, the same goes for Monster Hunter. The same exact thing. There, there's a as there's a um in-game play reason i suppose it, it awards you for like somebody that's played thousands of hours of monster hunter to come down and help out like hr5 characters fight monsters it it, it help it tells those high level people hey if you come down and help these people out you know you'll you'll get a few rewards for doing that and so you get that a lot you you'll get like these really skilled players come down and help new people and it's 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 great um 
But, you know, you look at something like Overwatch or or Counter-Strike or, um, you know, even Rainbow Six. You, you look at those games and and to me, at least, like I said, this is just because the, the video games specifically are the only real experience I have with gatekeeping. But you definitely get so many people that um, instead of being welcoming, like welcoming people into the community, it's almost as if they're like, no, this is my community. And I don't want anyone else in it. And it's it's very disappointing that some people act that way. Yeah, it's very strange. And I'm not really sure where it stems from. My theory is that it stems from the fact that nerd culture is such a new, widely accepted thing. Whereas back when we were kids, it was very much like an exclusive club that only we wanted access to. Right. And it's like it gave us comfort. And like, this is our thing because we were we were nerdy and whatnot. And then now all of a sudden all these people want it and it's like wait hold on this is this was this is our our place you know that that's kind of what it seems like um but to, to square enix's credit they have a fantastic community of moderation and and whatnot so like they the people like reported that the guys that were stream sniping has been gold and they got banned immediately oh awesome yeah nice. so like now he's playing the game in the last few days it was only it only happened for like two days he's on like day eight now and he's been playing the game no problem, and and he's and in the first four, I think it was the first four days he completed the whole two point story because he streams wow, for yeah geez. he streams for like ten hours oh at a time. Oh my god! Yeah. So <laughs> and he 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 he's doing great at it, you know, because he's a MMO veteran. So it's pretty awesome to see him do that. But yeah, my girlfriend always talks about how like at one point she wanted to play Magic the Gathering, so she went to our local card store and bought like a bunch of cards and whatnot and was like trying to get into the hobby and these people were like just super mean to her and they were like you know oh you don't know this and and whatnot type of mentality and i don't know it it, it's a really weird phenomenon because i remember just wishing that more people wanted to like i remember wishing that more people liked the same things i did when i was yeah right and now that it's so widely accepted it seems like Anytime someone wants to get into a certain part of nerd culture, they have to prove themselves first. And it's a very weird mindset. Whereas, you know, 99% of the Final Fantasy community is overjoyed because it's just great for the game. You know, the, the, the game's thriving right now. And, you know, people people love Final Fantasy fourteen. That, that's a great thing. I'm super glad because that's I love the game, you know, a ton. I play it. An absolute ton of Final Fantasy fourteen. So. so, I I I guess for being a Gen, a Gen Xer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when I was growing up, when I was in elementary, middle school, um, we didn't have really we had arcades, right? But everybody played arcades, so it wasn't it wasn't like a nerddom, it wasn't a geekdom, it was everybody in Southern California. I mean, like skateboarders, everybody played that. But the, the nerd culture back then was like, especially getting into middle school was comics and Dungeons and Dragons, right? And so you had that group of kids because I was always into sports and um, I wasn't into D&D at the time, but I was more into comics at the time. But I didn't really like, I didn't have one group I hung out with. I had just friends everywhere, right? So, but you could see those group of kids, they didn't let anybody in their, their, 
their social construct, right? So they would meet in the library or they would be at that one place outside during lunch or recess or anytime we had a break, right? And they wouldn't let people into their group. So I think it's kind of the same way, but now it's just online. Yeah. So what you're saying that's happening now, that's what was happening in the 80s, just minus the internet, minus uh, social media. It's just you, you didn't get into their group because they wouldn't let you in. They only let in their, the people that they, they trusted, they played with, and uh, they wouldn't bring in new people, basically, right? So it's an interesting phenomenon that I wanted to bring up because it did bother me a lot uh, just because I was like, man, this really sucks. It's given a bad look to the game that I know doesn't normally present itself this way. Because if you jump in, if you jump into Final Fantasy 14 right now, you're going to have a whole host of people that are just like, yo, what's up? How can we help you? You know, right. And every other MMO that I've played, if you go into a dungeon, it's expected that, like, you know exactly what's going to happen in that dungeon. Or if you looked yep. up a video or a guide first, right? In Final Fantasy XIV, you're just like, yo, this is my first time here. And everyone's like, oh, all right, pull up. Let me type a three-paragraph thing before <laughs> each boss telling you exactly what to do. It's really, really awesome. I love that game because of that. So. The community is so good in that game. I mean, it, I haven't played it in, in a few years now, but, I mean, even... Well, I mean, that exact thing as far as like I was jumping back in after not having played for a while and like forgetting how to do my rotation and stuff. And, um, you know, there was like a new meta and stuff to to the the skills you had and, and people were were very willing to help. And um, so it's that it, it's just disappointing that that happened that way. But I hope that people still give the game a chance. I mean, it's, it's a yeah, and got a great community. Yeah. And and he's uh Asbin Gold's been doing great for the game. He's been showing off the best parts of the game, and I think it's brought a lot of new players. Like I said, well, it definitely has because all the servers are full and everything, and the numbers are exploding. So, all right, so between about... what, well, real quick, between uh, Final Fantasy fourteen and Elder Scrolls Online, how's Elder Scrolls Online doing? Like, has it continued to increase with um, players, or is it kind of plateaued? I don't know the exact numbers. I do know that Elder Scrolls Online has a, a much smaller but extremely dedicated community around it. Um, when I, I played Elder Scrolls Online about a year ago, I played all the way through the vanilla story and did some dungeoning and, you know, I got pretty far into it. And they have, like I said, a, a very tight-knit, extremely dedicated community and you you don't find them really talking a whole lot they don't really communicate with each other elder scrolls online is a very much more solo experience which makes a lot of sense because the games are such a solo experience outside of elder scrolls online so i think basically with elder scrolls it's it's more of just like a all right let's meet up and we'll go do our thing and then we'll split up forever and never talk (laughs) It's it's very much like that, but it's it's definitely a much more casual experience than say like World of Warcraft or even Final Fantasy fourteen. And do you think Destiny will ever get its foot in the door? Because it seems like I just hear more negative things about Destiny than I do positive things. Destiny two, I think, has been pretty widely positive, especially since yeah. they went free to play. I remember like with Destiny. I played a lot of that game and I didn't pay a cent. I feel like I owe them money, <laughs> you know, because 
and Destiny is just a good game. Like if you just bought a PS4 or a PS5 or a PC or something, and you need something to play, you can demo Destiny and jump in with your friends immediately yeah. and have a great experience. You can play through the whole story, I think, in Destiny, and not have to pay anything. In fact, I, I'm not even sure when you do have to pay money for Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> That's how wild it is. I think you have to pay for the expansions, but I'm not positive. Yeah, I think there's a still a pretty decent population for that game. I do think, I know the game and all of the expansions are on Game Pass, and I think that did a lot of a lot of good for the, the community, but I think it's pretty similar to Elder Scrolls Online, where it's like a, a somewhat small, but like dedicated fan base. I think they're still going pretty strong. So, Thunder? <laughs> Yo, did you guys hear that? Yep. That was wild. <laughs> I thought it was like a building falling over at first. I was like, what? Well, that's all a, right. That's a good transition. That's the loudest thunder I've heard in my life. <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, yeah, I want to talk about this. The big Nintendo news that came out. Uh, this, I think it was last week. Yeah. The Switch OLED model. So straight to the point, I sold my Switch last week. You did? Really? Oh, as soon as it got announced, I was like, I haven't played my Switch in three months, so I'm just going to sell it now because I know it's going to plummet in value. Plummet, yeah. Yeah. So I, I got rid of my Switch because I'm not going to play it. I got, dude, I got my Razer Kishi on my phone, and then I've just been streaming my PC games in my PS4 via remote play. Nice. So I really don't have a reason to have a Switch. Because um, the only game I was playing on my Switch was like... Well, I, I wasn't playing any games on my Switch. <laughs> so, so I discovered uh, Steam Link, which I think is an incredible service. Yeah, uh, good. It's essentially remote play, but for this your computer, your Steam games, and mm-hmm. it works way better than remote play. The input lag is almost not even there. But what I have found with the PS4 is that no matter how close you are, no matter how strong of a connection you have, there's always a quarter second delay yeah. for remote play, which is very strange. But it's a little bit better with the PS5. The PS5 is, is pretty pretty seamless, yeah. Because I don't have it set up anymore, but I used to have in our old apartment where I would stream my PS5 to my PS4 Pro in my bedroom, and that was like there was like no lag whatsoever. It was it was flawless. So good. Um, I don't know about mobile though. I'm not not exactly sure if it's quite as good mobile, but yeah. Steam Link is good, and they they make like the physical Steam Link devices too that mm-hmm. you can like hook up to your TV. Um, but and those are those are pretty good as well. But that Razer Kishi is like super cool because it's a Razer controller, and it just plugs into the USB port on your phone. Your like your charging port in your phone, and it's also got pass through charging, so it, it'll it'll charge your phone and play, which solves the Bluetooth uh, phone drain connection problem. But so I started playing that, and I'm like, well, I really don't even have a reason to play a Switch anymore. So once I saw the OLED models, like it's the perfect time. I'm going to offload the Switch. But what do you guys think about this OLED model? You guys are both big Nintendo fans, and I'd love to hear your opinions on this next new Switch model, which, by the way, isn't an official new Switch model. The rumors are circulating that we're also going to get another new Switch model yeah. possibly next year. So It's a new SKU, but it's not like a new Switch necessarily. The, the rumor mill is circulating, yeah. Um, well, first I have to say, I I think a lot of people are disappointed in this, rightfully so, um, because, you know, over the last six months, we got rumors about this DLSS capable switch that could do 4k and had a better, um, NVIDIA chip in it. Um, I think the thing though, people kind of need to stop and think to themselves, okay, why am I disappointed? And it's not because of 
anything Nintendo announced. It's because these um, reports saying that it was going to be this and people were expecting it to be this and it was not. Was it Forbes or Bloomberg or something? I think it was Bloomberg. Yeah. yeah. It was Bloomberg, but it wasn't Schreier, if I'm not mistaken. It was some other video game based Dude. reporter there. So. Some schmuck out there. <laughs> so, I mean, I just, I just have to throw that up up front because it's not like, I mean, Nintendo did not come out six months ago. You know, they didn't come out and they were like, oh, yeah, we're making a more powerful Switch. No, that's not what happened. I think a lot of people kind of put their their faith in these reports and and didn't turn out the way they thought. Um, I will say that report is pretty accurate for the most part, though. I mean, we knew about the OLED stuff. We knew about the seven inch screen. Um, so, I, I mean, that was accurate. It just wasn't the, the DLSS 4K stuff. Um, for me, though, I mean, it's cool. I think it's really neat. I, OLED screens are awesome. The the uh, first gen Vita has a fantastic OLED screen on it. Um, so I'm sure this is going to look really, really good, especially with the upgraded size. They kind of got rid of the bezel on the screen with the the bigger size. Um, dimension wise, the Switch itself is exactly the same. It's just got a bigger screen, so which is pretty neat. But I just, for me, my my issue is I don't think this is made for me. I think it's made for people who maybe spend a little more time in handheld than I do, but still want like the premium product. For me, the issue is I, I spend about 95% of my time playing docked. And so this bigger seven inch OLED screen really doesn't do much for me. Um, I, like I said, I think it's great. I'm sure at some point next year, they'll do a Breath of the Wild 2 special edition, and I'll probably buy that with the OLED model if that actually happens. But in the meantime, I mean, I, I really don't have a reason to get one. There's not really anything for me there, but I don't think this is aimed at me. So, Coach, what do you yeah, think? I feel the same way. I mean, I'm 99% um, docked. so. I mean, I wasn't disappointed because there's no reason to be disappointed over stuff like this because Nintendo has never, ever done anything like this. Like mid-cycle, just add a, a, a bigger, a, high, a more powerful CPU and more RAM. The only thing you could really say is the new 3DS, right? Which um, I forgot what specs were added. I know that the uh, the 3D was fixed and I believe um, the CPU was was uh yeah i think it might have had a little bit more ram but not much right. it was like yeah it was like 50 percent. it was powerful. enough it to where impressive. the games that came after like hyrule warriors uh i think even smash and then um there was another one what's the other one that came out that was just horrible uh on the regular 3ds like chronicles right or well, no, that, that was exclusive yeah that was exclusive but there's like three games yeah there's like three games that was just horrible on the regular 3ds okay but um you know i just wish that if they didn't there's two things if they weren't going to add more round okay then do two things okay first and foremost acknowledge that you have an issue with the joy con drift and freaking fix it like there are multiple not just one or two, but there are there are multiple from different countries um, court cases against Nintendo because of 
the Joy-Con drift. And they're just not saying anything about it, right? No. So we we're seeing 2014 or 2012, 2013 Nintendo right now that are just like, ah, whatever. We got this momentum, so we're, we're just going to do it this way, which is fine. That's your company. You're, you're in the business to make money. But fix your Joy-Cons, and there should never, ever be any games that have issues with uh, frames dropping, like in um, um, Link's, not Link's Awakening. Um, what's what's yeah. the... Yeah, yeah it's Link's, Link's Awakening. Yeah. Link's the, Awakening. The remake. Yeah. Right. There should not be an... There's no excuse why you should have something like that, right? Fix it, you know, fix it. Don't just release it and not do anything about it. Fix it. Same thing with Breath of the Wild. When you get that grass, when it's shiny, it slows down, fix it. You know, that's my issue. If you're not going to make a, a higher, a, um, a more high powered switch model, okay, that's fine. But let's go back and fix these other games that have uh, frame drops shouldn't yeah. have frame drops so and i don't disagree with that especially with with breath of the wild 2 on the way and i mean we even just got last year um hyrule warriors age of calamity and that game while playable the the frame rate is pretty choppy at times and i know that's not a first party nintendo game but still i think like i said overall would i would i have liked a performance boost absolutely i think the switch could really use it um but I think I think the problem is people are disappointed because they were expecting what they heard in these reports and it wasn't exactly accurate. However, like Seth said, it sounds like maybe these reports got mixed up. I mean, it's it is a little weird that it was accurate to the T with the screen, but this 4K stuff was thrown in and just completely inaccurate. I mean, so. Already, we're we're not going to be able to get one for six to eight months, anyways, because <laughs> bots and resellers, yeah. right? I mean, let's be yeah. honest. So, but maybe Nintendo decided not to do anything with the new CPU or anything like that, so that way they could at least produce more and provide more. But this, we need to talk about this too. Is what are we going to do to what? What should these companies, Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft, do so that way? more consoles can get into the hands of of users instead of being bought up by resellers and bots. Oh, easy. Start putting them in stores. There you go. Yes. There you dude, go. Dude, literally, that is how I got my Series X, and it was the easiest thing. Yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> if, you, if I go to my thing. Walmart right now, they still have a sign for the PS5, which is like, we are not carrying these in stock. Yo, just put them, in, put them on the shelves. People will buy them. That's the easiest yeah. way to deal with bots. People yep. will come and buy them. And well, you'll still have resellers, but it's well, like... Well, yeah. I it won't be nearly as bad. It's impossible to, right. to get rid of that. But I mean, my situation with the Series X, GameStop tweeted, okay, um, all of our stores are going to have some Series X stock on this day. And so I called my store and I was like, hey, are you guys getting some? And they were like, yes. And I showed up literally, I think, an hour before they were supposed to open. And there was one guy in line in front of me. And they were getting eight yeah dude so i mean it was just a breeze it was the easiest thing in the world and so and that makes sense because when you only put them online you have situations where people are competing against hundreds if not thousands yeah. of computer programs that are built specifically to buy them and it's like people can't compete with that but people can compete with each other 
and you have a way higher chance of getting it if you know, your local Walmart gets 10 of them in or your GameStop or whatever. That's the easiest way. And because of COVID, I think, is, is why people have had such a hard time because Sony came out and was like, oh, you know, we're not putting these in stock. You won't be able to find any on shelves. Okay, well, you did your online thing. Just put them in stores now and people will be able to find them. You won't get in yeah. so much trouble. But I think that's the answer to your question. <laughs> I agree with Seth. I think, yeah. I mean, they just need to do it. And I hope that they do that with the, the Switch OLED model for the people that want it. Yeah. But, but it's already up on eBay and it hasn't even been pre-ordered yet. <laughs> $800, no lie, $800 already. Let me, look at, let, me get, let me get eyes on that. It's somebody, yeah. somebody's uh, uncle that works for Nintendo. He's got the, the inside scoop. He's getting all and the... And eBay, they're not supposed to allow that to happen, right? No, they're not. They're, they're not. not. But what people think are like these stores are allowing some of these people to come in and pre-order and get like a, a ticket. So they use that for eBay to prove that they pre-ordered it. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, back to the conversation though, I think what I will say is, and I heard this argument the other day, like coach, for example, if you're, okay, say the, the Switch OLED model is out and you are able to buy one. Um, let's just put that out there. Like they're right. readily available. Um, if your switch breaks and you need a new switch, which model do you buy? The OLED. Yeah. I mean, so I, I think that's the thing is like, I mean, and I'm in the same boat. I would, I would absolutely buy it. I just think it's like for those that already own a switch, I don't necessarily know that it's a, it's a must purchase. Right. Unless you're playing tons of handheld. But if that's the case, I don't know why you don't own a light. Cause I feel like the light is the better mm -hmm. um, switch for handheld use because it has the longer battery life and um, more portable. So. Well, I think this all comes down to the same problem Nintendo's had every generation since the Wii, which is just, they don't make powerful enough consoles or they release consoles in a really awkward time where they end up being underpowered. And this has happened, this has happened for God, almost 20 years now, you know, since, since the Wii. Like, since yeah, since it's the Wii, since like 2006, and it's like, man, you guys have to start making more powerful consoles. You have publishers that want to put their games on your system. For instance, Doom Eternal is on the Switch. It runs awful. No, or is it Doom 2016? No, they're both. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, they run awful. It's well, terrible. They don't run bad, Seth, but they run in like 240p. Yeah, yeah. Is the problem. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> They're actually not bad, like frame rate wise. They they do run like pretty solid thirty, but they're like playing a game from nineteen ninety eight. <laughs> it's it's just it's it's absurd, and I don't understand why Nintendo can't figure the situation out when you know Sony and Microsoft have both figured it out. You know release the, a, a decent power console you can still put all your gimmicks and whatever you know like fun thing you want to have that console generation about be but i do think we're going to see like a, another powered switch it's probably gonna be called the new nintendo switch oh yeah yeah but i don't think it's Terrible gonna be coming for two and a half years maybe or if we go off of the oled model maybe it'll be called the switch strong model switch strong <laughs> Big the, switch. the switch better model because think switch about it it's energy. been out for four and a half years and are they going to try and go 10 years with the switch i, I don't know. Yeah, who knows who knows it, it's almost you almost got to wonder if they're 
focusing on like cloud power, cloud gaming. Yeah, I hope that's not. what I wonder. I hope not. I know Microsoft is looking into that. And I, I think- saw something with uh, your boy too. There's that game that he's doing for Xbox only. Oh, Kojima. Yeah. That's it's just have a cloud it, stuff in it. Yeah, but that was just like an intent to work with them, from my understanding. I don't think it's necessarily that he is doing it, from what I was reading, but I, I haven't looked into it too much. Where do you guys think um, the blue box thing is going to end up? I don't think I've oh, talked yeah. to you guys about oh, it. That's a good one. Where do, oh, I think Coach, it's going to be super fall, disappointing. Coach, did you follow this story? No. <laughs> is that the one that? Oh, is that my the God. one? That, well, that happened while I was gone, though. Yeah, I know, but yeah. all I, I remember so is much to like jump on. Well, all I remember is Elijah throwing all these things about, okay, it's this because of this, this. I mean, like every day it was something about this game. And I'm like, wow, he's, so, he's, he's putting a lot of, of time and talent <laughs> into this theory, right? Well, so the, because it's crazy. It is crazy. I mean, there is a lot. Hey, give me there the 101. Give me the 411 on it. It's just, I mean, the short version is there's this game that is being made by this developer that people think is Hideo Kojima. Right. Yes. And um, there are just a lot of like interesting coincidences, if I can say that freaking word. For instance, if you translate <laughs> his name from Swedish, which is his home la- home land, to Japanese, it translates directly to Hideo Kojima. Yeah, the director of this supposed game. So there, there are some interesting things. And George and I literally did like a whole episode on this about a month ago. Where it's we were... crazy. But, I mean, do you believe it, Seth? Do you think it's yeah, Kojima? Yeah, I do. Dude, here's the thing. Even if it's not Kojima, there's something weird about this game, right? Because it is a, a new studio with a single game with one confirmed employee. And it has, for some reason, a massive amount of backing from PlayStation. There is a whole dedicated PlayStation app to showing the trailer of this game. Now, here's the thing, Austin and Coach. Let me let me give you a little tidbit of information that you may have forgot about. All right. The original pitch for Silent Hills was that it would be constantly with you. If you guys have, I don't know if you guys have heard this story. Have you heard this? I haven't heard this. There was supposed to be an app for Silent Hills that you downloaded to your phone, and that whatever her name was, Lisa or whatever. Would const every once in a while take control of your phone and like do like freaky freaky stuff on it and like scare you. That was the original pitch of the game. So now we have this game, which the the, the it's been really weird and rumored to be Silent Hills, and they're like, oh yeah, download our app. I really truly think that what they're gonna do is like some weird viral marketing thing with this app, and it's going to like end up revealed to be Silent Hills. So that's what I think. And there's all kinds of other coincidences, Coach. Like like a whole bunch of weird videos this guy shot that appear to be like, I don't know. It, it, you just got to look into it, man. There's yeah. Eventually, well, coincidences aren't coincidences anymore. The coincidences are themselves a coincidence. Like, there's I think, so much. I think some of it is definitely like pulling at stuff that doesn't exist, though. A lot of these theories. But yeah. I will say, and George and I, I think, both agreed that the most interesting one is the fact that this supposed director of this game, who has like no background whatsoever, um, if you, I guess I don't know how people found his PlayStation trophy list. I don't even know how that was that happened. Oh yeah, he's got trophies from games that don't exist. He has no. Listen, Coach, 
he has trophies for a game that literally doesn't exist. And for that to happen, <laughs> I mean, he had to have had some connection with Sony. That's the only way that's possible. He can't just like make a game and put it on the 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 PSN trophy list. Oh man. I'm it's trying not crazy. to laugh because it still hurts, but that's funny. It's crazy. <laughs> and like when these when these people tweet things out, they tweet them out from the middle of the night, like 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 two, three, four o'clock in the morning in Sweden, but in the prime daylight working hours in Japan. <laughs> so like there's like all these crazy theories. Oh, and let's not forget like the the original video with this with the with the employee from Blue Box that looked exactly like the video from like the the Phantom Pain guy. Did you see the oh, background and the way it was shot, Austin? Did you, did yeah. you make that connection? I was like, yeah. are you kidding me right now? Are you serious? My thing is, though, I'm not convinced that this isn't just like like some guy trying to do this to replicate Kojima and like literally has tricked everyone into thinking it's this Kojima game and he's going to come out and be like, no, we're, we're really not. And he's just going to get trashed. Oh, man, that's, that's my concern. Be- that's, That's my concern. Backfire bad, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but he, how, but that, that doesn't explain the fact that his name literally translates to Hideo Kojima. You know, yeah. that yeah. is that is the one that I just cannot wrap. It, there, there's no way that is a coincidence, dude. That this guy just happened to be born with a name that translates to Hideo Kojima, and he gets into video game development, <laughs> right? And he starts making this game for PlayStation. And he just happens to be like, oh, our new game starts with an S and ends with an L. And then just happens to shoot his videos the same way as Hideo Kojima. It happens to fall into this giant conspiracy when his name literally translates to Hideo Kojima. Yeah, but would he take on Silent Hill? Because he didn't do Silent Hill back in the day. No, but he was he was working on PT, which was Silent Hill. Okay. Yeah, he was the director of that. Yes. Game. Oh, oh, we did. Coach, listen. There's the fa- there not the uh, Phantom Pain. Um, Death Stranding. There's a Death Stranding director's cut coming out, right? In the trailer, they used Konami copyright copyrighted sounds and music, so yep. Konami <laughs> had to have signed off on the Death Stranding trailer. <laughs> they had ah! like they they literally had like Metal Gear Solid music. Like literally, like ripped from the game yes. in, in the Death Stranding trailer, which means that Seth is right. They had to have collaborated. Konami Con- is in on this somehow, and Konami, <laughs> of course, owns Silent Hills, which had that really nasty split from Hideo Kojima. But 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 there was okay. This is fun. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> there was that theory about probably two years ago at this point that PlayStation had license the rights to silent hill that was like early 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 last year and i want to say we even talked about it in the first few days of this podcast first few episodes of this podcast and so if that's true Austin, it's rearing its head <laughs> this is this is what i've been thinking about for the past week or two weeks what if this has all just been the long con from kojima all right from the start from the whole konami drama to now where he's just like he he's just been playing us this whole time, and this is his just this is just his his grand finale, right? Before he leaves the games industry, where he's yeah. just like, yo, I hit you guys with like an eight year con. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it would be hilarious if he came out and he was like, "Well, guys, I never left Konami. This yeah. is all a ploy." <laughs> yeah, 
because it was weird to begin with. We're like, he wasn't even allowed to go to the Game Awards and, and whatnot. And I'm just like, man, it, it, that's crazy. But it sounds just like something Ko- Kojima would do. <laughs> yeah. The State of Games journalist. No, I'm here. Can you hear me? <laughs> no, I mean, I think we lost you mentally like no, no. about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, so, painkillers. Anyways. Um, oh, my God. So, I forgot what I was going to say. The state of games journalism. Oh, yeah. They would lose their mind. Oh, oh yeah. my God. They would be like, they would, they would lose their mind. They'd get their feelings hurt. They'd start crying that, you know, he did this and, and how bad of a person he is. And it would just be, it'd be fitting if he was, if that was his trolling way out of the games industry. I just don't know, man. There's too many coincidences. There's too much weird stuff with Konami, Kojima, and Sony going on right now. And I do think it's going to end up being Silent Hills. Well, I know that the they announced the other day that the app, that trailer app for PS5, I think you can preload it on the 29th of this month. And then, if I'm not mistaken, like the first or second week of August is when the trailer will appear. Yo, I'm not app. downloading that app, man. I'm not. Last thing I want is for me to be rolling down the road and Lisa just takes control of my phone. But, but Seth, why would you preload an app? Exactly. For a trailer that comes out two weeks later. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just weird. It's just weird stuff. And it's really Sony weird sponsored. Stuff. <laughs> oh, man. I wish Elijah was on. He would be going nuts right now. And I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, I'm not downloading that app to have Lisa take control of my phone and start like ringing in the middle of the night and stuff. Like, it's not happening. I'll just get freaked out. (laughs) Oh, God forbid you have to work the next day and you've got this Hideo Kojima app on your phone that's some fake woman that's trying to scare you. So I think actually, (laughs) if if anyone's interested in looking up that story, I think Alana Pierce did a, a YouTube video about it, about the uh the PT Silent Hills app thing that she was talking about. She was also the first person to drop the um, Half-Life VR game, just randomly. I, oh, I think, I think I she she's kind of does she's not good. give I like her. a crap. And she's just like, oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Here's the gossip I heard. You guys want some yeah. juicy details? So, yeah, that's it's. there's weird happenings going on with this blue box situation, Coach. I'm sure there's a really good YouTube video breaking down the whole thing. It, there's a, a It's probably like four or five hours long. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> If you go to this area in Death Stranding and look over this in the, this time, you'll see a K in the clouds, <laughs> which could be Konami. <laughs> oh god! Yeah, fun stuff. I, I'm like, I'm just curious to see where it goes. I really am. Yeah, me because too. at this point, like I said, it could either be amazing, we could get something awesome out of it, or it could end the literal worst way possible for this developer if they are real well the thing is i can't imagine they being real because no one knows them has they have he no come out and said anything like no i am not a part of this yes yes in these dude he has in these super sketchy videos the first video looked just like that fake phantom pain director that were like the raps do, do you remember that coach no yeah they, during the Phantom Pain, when they were what that's Metal Gear Solid Five, right? What Phantom Pain, right? That was that Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, yeah. Five was it? Yeah, five? Okay. and they they were hell bent that it wasn't Metal Gear Solid at the time. It was just called it was just a game called the Phantom Pain, right? And 
they brought in the guy who was supposed to be directing this Phantom Pain game and had an interview with him. He was, and he was all bandaged up like the main character, right? And he sat down. He's like, "No, I am not the director. You know, this is yeah. not Metal Gear Solid." And it, Joe Kim Mogren, by the way, which stood yeah. for Kojima. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And if you look at the video this guy posted, it's got the same lighting, the same background. It's it's almost the same video. And then he posted like a really weird other video of him in his studio that was like supposed to clear things up, right? But it's shot with a professional camera, and it's professionally edited. But it has a whole bunch of like weird glitches and ticking in the background and stuff like that. That if it was professionally edited, and they went through all this effort to shoot with a professional camera, why wouldn't they take that out? So it's just like, there's just, it just always gets deeper. There's always another layer. <laughs> I'm I feel fascinated. like I feel like we're gonna find out in a couple of weeks that like we're in Kojima's game. Like we <laughs> we are his yes. characters that he made. This was the so, game all along. <laughs> did you guys play his last game, Death Stranding? No, a little bit, but I I wasn't a big fan. When I saw articles that came out saying no games don't have to be fun, I, I was yeah. like, all right, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good on Death Stranding. I'm, I think I'm gonna give it another shot at some point. Probably the director's cut. Um, cause I have heard it gets better. I guess you unlock a motorcycle or something at some point and makes it a lot better because you're not just like sitting there walking constantly. Um, which is, I guess, kind of the point of the game. So I just watched a, uh, story breakdown. Of yeah. It, and I was like, okay, I'm glad I didn't play that. <laughs> that's way too, that's way too bad yeah. for me. Yeah. Well, you guys got anything else you want to talk about this week? Well, tell us about your, um, what you bought. Uh, the the Kishi. How does that work? The Kishi? Yeah, the Razor Kishi. Well, I already talked about it earlier. Um, but well, I know you, you said you got it, but how does it work? What what do you do? So you can see it's it's essentially a two part. It's essentially like two Joy Cons with a rubber strap on the back, and you plug the right one into the USB C port on your phone or the Lightning port if you have an iPhone. Okay. On the right. And then there's a slot and you plug the top of the phone into the other side and it just works naturally. Okay. So with that, you can, I downloaded like Steam Link and Remote Play, but you got to download the third party Remote Play app because otherwise you only use the PS4 controller. But uh, yeah, I've just been playing my, my games remotely, you know, whenever I'm, I'm on so the So what go. have you been playing on it? Like what game have you been playing on it? Final Fantasy fourteen. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So you have both a PC and a PS4 account? For Final Fantasy XIV? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, bud. You better believe okay. it. Right. <laughs> Sorry, man. Well, the, the, <laughs> you're like saving stuff transfers, though, right? It's just you need copies of the game for both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, you don't have to pay like two separate monthly fees for it. It's, it's a single fee. Yeah. Um, and then I've been playing Trails of Cold Steel 3 on my PS4 because I find that the quarter second delay on PS4 bugs me to the point where I can't play anything that I need reaction speed for. The so quarter I, second on what? What delay on the what? On the PS4 remote play. So the remote play from your PC? No, from my phone to my PS4. Okay. The, that, that connection has like a quarter second delay. Okay. 
that's Demi and Austin, breaking, so. that's what we were talking about in the beginning. And that prevents me personally from playing anything like a shooter or a racing game. It just, it just doesn't feel right. And it's, it's very hard to aim when every time you move, it takes a quarter second for that actually to happen. Right. Yeah. So that's pretty hard. Um, but with steam link, that's not a problem for some reason. I can play final fantasy 14 with no issues whatsoever on your phone. Yes. On my phone from a different Wi-Fi connection. Um, so that's been pretty sweet. I just, with PS4, I, I just stick to RPGs because they don't require reaction speed. Nice. Yeah. So it's, it's been working out really well. And Trails of Cold Steel 3 is like over a hundred hour game. So I might get one at some point because I, I haven't tried it yet, but I've heard xCloud is pretty good. The the Xbox uh, cloud service. I have also heard that. And I, I yeah. was hoping that I, you were able to play xCloud on your PC Game Pass, but apparently you can't. You have to have an Xbox, which I was disappointed by. So. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. From what I understand, because I, I looked into it, and I even downloaded the apps and whatnot, and you could only connect it to an Xbox console. So that's, that kind of sucks. Okay. Mm, but see, my Xbox console, I use Wi-Fi, so it's not hardwired. So I don't know if I would u- utilize that. Just because yeah, you have better speeds when you have an actual... Land you actually it. don't need that good of speed. You just need a solid connection and low ping. Because all you're doing is sending the video from your con your console or PC to your phone, and you're sending your input from your phone back to the console. There's not a whole lot of data being transferred. You just have to have really low ping. Mm-hmm. Which of course is going to be a, little, a lot lower on uh on a wire, but it, as long as you have a strong connection, you can do it. It's just really cool, man. That's how I've been playing a lot of games lately. It's just through my phone because I mean, it's this whole new thing that I haven't realized. And, and apparently um, Stadia works really well on your phone, too. So I'm, I'm trying I'm to think, like, one. what of, of all my Steam games, what would be fun to play on my iPhone with the uh, with the uh, those that, that controller? Well, see, for me, the big thing with playing games on my phone was always touch controls. I always hated touch controls. Right. But now with the phone, and the screen's big enough that I can pretty much play whatever I want. Hey, you could play uh, Final Fantasy 1 through 6 because it's going to be on PC and not consoles. Absolutely, absolutely (laughs) you could. Um, But I played... What the uh, hell, man? That that was the biggest, I think, not disappointment, but the biggest, like, L of all of E3. Like, what? Oh, Oh, yeah. Class, dude. Classic square move. Also, other classic square move, spending a half hour showing us Guardians of the Galaxy. Who else? But well, Square at least Enix? that game actually looks good, though. I mean, it, yeah. at least at least it actually looks good. But no, I agree. They shouldn't have shown. Didn't like, they look at Nintendo from a couple years ago when they did like the Smash Brothers? Yeah. <laughs> when it was like 45 minutes of Smash Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. In a 50 minute uh, direct. Oh, yeah. dude. But yeah, the Razor Kishi is super sweet. I wish the first one I got wouldn't have gotten stolen. I'm setting. I am setting up a hidden camera, by the way. I just nice. have to figure out what oh, those I want are to awesome, do. man. Yeah, I just want to figure out what I want to do once I catch the perfect. Do I go physically beat the crap out of him myself? I do I because you get tie you, him up and call the cops like a vigilante. Yeah. Do I push him in the street and let him get hit by a car? I don't know. You you hang like an electrified net above the the porch and then you drop it on him. I shock, shock his balls. <laughs> I told my girlfriend <laughs> I was going to make like a fake package. That's like a booby trap. Yeah. 
like a poison well, dart. Have you seen you those videos where the they do that with the bike? The bike. Oh, a bike? Yeah, yeah, they'll do a bike where it's just out in the open and people will come and steal it and they'll run off, but it's it's tied to this this really thin rope. <laughs> oh my and god. When when it gets to the point, they go flying and they get hurt. I mean, like, it's legit funny. So well, so what I what I came to realize that I've I've started doing my investigation, right? My packages were stolen on a Tuesday. The dress I got my girlfriend was Solomon, also stolen on a Tuesday. Okay. Solomon Grundy. Remember his. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Born on a Monday. So I asked my landlord. Because I actually, I actually work with my landlord. I didn't know it at the time. But he's not the man who manages. He just owns the, the our property and he has someone manage it for him. And he said that because he lives right in the alley behind me, he said that he doesn't even have packages sent to his house anymore because he got seven phones stolen from him last year. And I was like, oh, okay. So we got like a crime, yeah, like like syndicate thing going on here. Like, like someone, someone's just on a spree. So now I feel empowered to stop this person. So now like on my days off, I'm going to be watching the mailman because I narrowed it down to it like a 30-minute window as to when my package got stolen. Like a 30 minute window on Tuesday, last Tuesday, because it got dropped off at 510. My girlfriend grabbed it between 510 and 6 p.m. It might not, my, my, I, had a, I had a second package that didn't get stolen, but it was on the floor. And my girlfriend said that the other ones weren't for me. So, like, I got, I'm like, I'm like narrowing down on this person. And when I catch them, I might just tie them up and physically murder them with my hands. I'm not sure. Or, 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 or what them. I would do is tie them up, put them in the middle of the road with the sign that says, I got caught stealing Amazon mail. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a porch thief. See, the, the thing is, is that do I want to call the cops on them or do I want to, would, would it be more satisfying to like actually intimidate them and be like, yo. <laughs> the last thing <laughs> I want is in May at Austin's wedding in a circle with everybody saying, man, I wish Seth wasn't in jail right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, you I should... wish he wasn't on trial for killing <laughs> a package thief. Yes. You a should... 17 year old girl. You should, you should tie, tie him up, then put him in a package. Oh, yes. <laughs> and then just put him on a porch and let's see if somebody steals. Or yeah, just in the middle of summer, get someone in the truck. Deliver it to the cops. Say, Here there you go. go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Try stealing your way out, out of this one, buddy. First, you stole the package. <laughs> now you are the package. And I'm stealing you. <laughs> you just like sock oh, him. Man. And then he wakes up in a, a dripping wet, damp basement. Chain yeah. up, and I'm like. Wrong move, pal. I'm really intrigued in. with this Razor Kishi. Yeah, look it up. The, the videos are like really interesting. I don't have it with me. It's in my car because it's in my backpack. But but I have a. I mean, really I have well. an eight, but I don't have the big model. But um, if it's big enough that you think you could reasonably look at a video game on it, I'm now, like personally, I would probably if I were to do something like this. I mean, I'm coming up on a. Um, I buy my phones. I don't. I don't get them through the. I just buy them straight up, right? So I could see myself if I deploy just getting a, a, a the 12 plus though, and then yeah. um, probably just 
you know, still have this, but also use that for, for the whole gaming thing. But that yeah, looks so really cool, man. I I'm, I I'm due for a phone upgrade and I'm going to get the S 21 plus, which apparently just barely fits in this. Like well, imagine the, 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 the screens the, are getting so big that it just right. barely fits. I mean, imagine playing all of the, uh, you know, the, in the, in the 2000s when games like, um, uh, all of the first person shooters that came out, right. Mm-hmm. Battlefront mm-hmm. two, um, the half lives doom three, all of those that uh, really look good. Imagine with the smaller screen, but with how good they, how good they're made now, man, that's going to look really good on here. Yeah. And then, and then you have uh, Bluetooth headphones, which stupid Nintendo still doesn't do. <laughs> Bro, well, you, coach, you're, if, you're well, on coach, if, if you want one of those controllers, a friend of mine, uh, his name is George. He just found one for free on a porch <laughs> and yeah. he's, he's selling it. He's selling it. So I'll get, I'll get you in touch with him. Um, <laughs> but I was going to say, I played Control on it, and Control plays fine on, on Steam. Now, Again, though, like that quarter-second delay on PlayStation kills me. So through the Steam app, can you download the game, or do you have to be within distance of your PC to play it? No, you, you play it over internet. Yeah, so it, you can stream it anywhere, right, Seth? Like yeah. You don't have to be in your house, right? but it's still streaming from your PC to your phone. Right. So how does that work? So like, let's say, um, let's say I'm at school teaching, right? Yeah. And do I have to have my computer on here at the house? Yeah. 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 Your computer has to be on and you have to have steam running in the background at least. Okay. And so, And and it's essentially remote desktop connection. But what if my, um, internet is really bad? Well, then you're not, you're, then you're going to have a really bad play experience. Okay. All right. So you need, <laughs> so you need to have that, that Wi-Fi. Again, it's, it's not the speed necessarily. It's more of the ping. As long as you have good ping, you have a good, strong connection, you're going to be fine. Interesting. You can also do it over like 4G. I've tried it. It works. It works fine. 1080. So there you go. I don't know if it's 1080. It adjusts the video quality depending on your uh, connection speed. Are these screens on um, phones now, smartphones, or at least the newer ones, are they OLED? Are they just as good as what Nintendo's going to put out here? Most of soon? the time. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Most you, you pay time. crap loads of money for these phones yeah. now. So Yeah. iPhones might have I- IPS screens, IPS panels, but I'm not really sure. I might just go with a big phone that's cheap, to be honest with you at this point, because like I don't do any. Why do I need a really powerful phone anymore? Exactly. I feel like I don't. You know, I, I play Pokemon Go on it, but that's it. I'm not using these things for like hardcore gaming. Before, when the smartphones came out, it was cool, but now I'm just like, well, the cameras are are good enough. And so I still have my I'm Moto GX. My Moto, no, my Moto X. Sorry, my Moto X, which. When I was in 2015, that was like the best mid-range. Um, it wasn't the big uh, phones, but it was a good mid-range, mid-size. I mean, yeah. So, but I don't think it'd be good enough. But yeah, that's probably a good idea to like. That's that's some good research. Oh yeah. I don't do a lot now because I'm on the mend. So I've been doing a lot of research. 
Oh yeah, dude. It, look into it. it. It's a game changer for me. I got to show you something before we go. So this is something I've always wanted to do. And when is it I a Game Boy Advance, oh, I knew it. When I originally, <laughs> wow, Seth was like, ah, when special. I originally I bought it. this in what, like 2003, not this model, but it was the there was no backlit screen, so it was hard to see. So my buddy just, you know, um, I bought the screen on Amazon, and his tech put it together. Oh, it's so good. I bet. It I bet it drains so batteries good. really fast, though, huh? Not yet. No. Well, no. Cool. It's yeah. a normal Game Boy Advance, by the way, for our listeners. Yes. Yeah. The original model. Yeah. But with a but with a uh, SP screen. Yeah. yeah. The SP. It's this, and the SP. Remember the first, um, the first model of the SP was also um, was frontlit. It wasn't backlit. So just some F. What? Some... What? Really? Yeah. Yep. The first. SP had the same screen as the regular Game Boy. It wasn't until the second model, yeah. I think it's the 001, yep. that they finally had a backlit. I and now, that one is a lot more expensive than the other one. Yeah. Because everyone wants it. I did not know that. Yeah. I thought they were all backlit. Mine mm -hmm. was. Wow. Yeah, I remember playing a backlit screen for the first time on my Game Boy. I was like, whoa, this is... The only thing about the SP, though, it was it's just too small for my hands. Oh, have you tried having smaller hands? No. So, yeah, just shrink them. <laughs> yeah, just stop being so big, yeah. dude. Like, but of <laughs> all of the handhelds, this this model right here has fit my hand the best. And then the light, which is still good because it still has the Game Boy uh, Advance. You can only play Game Boy Advance, so you can't put in like a Game Boy or Game Boy Color. So, I've always been a big fan of the Game Gear. That one's pretty comfortable. Play with for your, 25 minutes. If, if you're a Yeti. <laughs> yeah. With your 17 AA batteries. Yeah. Just, yes. They yeah. tried. I mean, Sega tried, but in the end, the original Game Boy just destroyed it. Well, the Game Gear is sweet, dude. If they had enough battery power to run it, that would have yeah. been great. Because it, yeah. it ran games just like a Genesis. Way more powerful than the Game Boy Advance, but like, or the, even oh, yeah. the Game Boy, I think, at the time. But it, it, but it was just so big. Well, maybe they can bring it back, and this time... Oh, they did. Remember, it was about this big? <laughs> this time, though, to, to remedy the battery problem, you just have to plug it into an electric car charger oh, yeah. every, every night, charge it for a few hours, and then you're good to go. It comes with, like, a, a 10K <laughs> generator. Yeah. <laughs> it's gas-powered. Yep. Let's play some Sonic 2. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, I suppose we'll wrap it up this week. This is a fun episode. Person. We were all over the place. Yeah, it's, it's been a good episode. It's very entertaining. Any, any closing comments you guys got? No, but I'm feeling good. The coaches. Did you know that you should? Good. Oh, I feel good. Sugar. Well, I, I, I've been meaning to ask. What is on your shirt? At first, for a while, I thought it was Spider-Man hanging upside down. Uh -huh. But what is it? Oh, it's. Uh, oh, it's put him in a hanging upside down. No, it isn't. Coach, yes, it is. Oh, wow. Okay, good. <laughs> Look at that. And it's inside, and it's inside the Spider logo, but with Venom on the bottom. Whoa, yeah, bro, shirt. that shirt is on point. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Th that is a good looking shirt, man. Thank you, thank you. It's, I it's like old it. now. It's very old. So. I started reading uh, a collection of Marvel that has. Um, 
uh, what's his face? Taskmaster. Taskmaster. Oh, so very I'm dramatic like, this week. Taskmaster was the, was the talk of the week. Everyone hated how he was done in Black Widow, apparently. I didn't watch it. Don't care. I was okay with it. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's another... The, the movie was good. It's just... It's almost like a carbon copy of Born Supremacy, right? Well, I mean, it's a good movie. You have all the Born agents and then... I love the Born the, movies. They were good, yes. Except the one that took out Matt Damon. I didn't like that. With uh, Hawkeye? Jeremy Renner. Yeah. That was a good one. Still good. Yes. I won't allow it. Thank you all for listening to the Frame Skip Podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Frame Skip Pod. Remember to give us a like and a subscription. In fact, I demand it. If you don't like and subscribe after you've watched this video for over an hour, I'm going to come to your house and beat the crap out of you. So think twice. Just, it's going to be practice for that package thief. Yes. Yeah. I just want up. you to know that if you, the second you close this video and don't click like or subscribe, your door is getting busted down. I'm that fast. This, uh, this podcast comes out every Friday. Remember to write us your questions at bit.ly slash frame skip Q. Is that right, Austin? Yeah, you got that's it. Off the top of the head, buddy. You got it, buddy. Uh, that's uppercase <laughs> and lowercase now, right? I think so. I think so. When's the last time we checked out? episodes ago. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I hope it's, I hope, you know, you never know. You'll try it. It's, it's like a puzzle. You have to solve it. There's just 300 <laughs> answer questions in there. Very good. I would just, is that how we're ending? Yeah, sure. Peace. Oh. You didn't say like bye or anything. We just kind of well have fun with your <laughs> video games, nerds. This has been Frame Skip Podcast. Bye. All right, <laughs> I'll allow it.